Well, hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Just Saying Sports. My name is Jake Atnip. I'm here with Sean Dwyer. Go ahead, say hello, my friend. How you doing? How are we doing, everybody? Uh, it's a pretty big week for us. This is part one of part two of our fantasy football extravaganza. Uh, today, we will tackle some of our pointed questions and more of a who is who versus who and what type of season we believe some of these new people will have. And next week, we're going to hit you guys with a top five sort of show where we will give you our top five rookies, uh, top five sleepers, things like that. But to get started on this show, Sean, um, we do have a lot to talk about with fantasy football coming back around the corner. We always get pretty into it together, but I mean, what do you got to say about this time of year? Well, it's definitely fun. You know, you get to hang out with your friends and either do a live draft or everyone's just sitting around. You know, you get to hang out and make fun of people for stupid picks. <laughs> get to really see how you're, uh, where you stand going into a season with all your buddies. Of course. It's always a fun time of year. Everybody's getting together. Everybody's trying to really outsmart or outgun uh, the next person over. But, you know, hopefully we can give you a little bit of help with your fantasy team or at least maybe give you a, a answer to a question that you've been looking for. But, you know, we have a few to tackle today. And, Sean, just to start off with, uh, we're going to go right into the question. You know, we, we do have some pretty stellar sophomores who are coming into their second year in the NFL. And there are plenty of intriguing players, but there's a couple quarterbacks who really, um, you know, tickle, tickle a lot of people's fancy. And that's Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans and Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs, who just got that starting job. So, you know, which, which guy do you think has a bigger sophomore season? Well, to me, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And that's just for a couple of reasons, you know, just off the top of my head. Looking at Deshaun Watson, he's coming off an injury where he tore messed up his ACL last year. And then he also, at the time of that injury, he was going, he was on pace to set a record for touchdown rate at 9.3, which would have been the highest since Peyton Manning's numbers in 2004. And so you can't really see Deshaun Watson putting up as many touchdowns this year. He was on a historic pace last year, and I don't think he'll be able to follow that up. And then coming off of a knee injury, I think it really – he's not going to have as much of a mobile threat this year to his game as he has in the past. Yeah, but but what about Mahomes? You just talked uh, about why Watson won't have a good season. Why I'm, will Mahomes have a good season? I was getting there. Yeah, hold on, buddy. Going into this season, Patrick Mahomes replaces Alex Smith, you know, in the Andy Reid-style offense of protect the ball, make plays, but don't make the wrong play. But I think that's going to change this year for the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes, as you saw the other night in preseason, has an arm that can spin the ball 60 yards downfield. And when you're throwing to a guy like Tyreek Hill, who can burn past everybody, throwing to a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's an elite tight end, throwing to a guy in Sammy Watkins, who when he is right, he is a very good wide receiver. I think that Patrick Mahomes just has a good complement of people around him. And, and I think that he's going to have a security blanket and Kareem Hunt for the most part 
Spencer Ware, that backfield, to do a good job of protecting Mahomes, and he's going to have a great sophomore season. Yeah, now I will take the other side of the coin on this argument, and I know you did talk quite a bit about, you know, Deshaun Watson having an injury and already kind of using that that burst in his rookie year. But, you know, if he can come back from an ACL injury, which is definitely possible, there have been athletes who have he's come done back. It before. He's exactly. Done it before exactly. Exactly, and that's what I mean. It is possible even in the NFL. And, you know, if he can come back and stay even half as solid as his production was last year, I see him having a extremely good sophomore campaign. You know, he still has one of the best wide receivers in the NFL with DeAndre Hopkins. He has a deep threat just like Patrick Mahomes does with Will Fuller um, instead of Tyreek Hill. And, you know, his deep, the thing is, is that his defense is much more intact now. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt is back. They got a few intriguing rookies in the draft. And, you know, they they will keep his offense on the field. I think that defense is one of the better in the NFL, and they will give him more time with better field position to make those plays. So I do think he will have more passing and rushing touchdowns, um, you know, especially on the ground than Patrick Mahomes, which will lead to him overall in fantasy being a better uh quarterback for his sophomore year now uh for our next question uh I'll, I'll take the first answer on this one but you know can Todd Gurley buck his career trend of going real well real bad real well real bad and put back to put up back-to-back big seasons and I really don't see why not uh you know his career trend is only a couple of years in you know it's not that big of a sample size and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams score even more with the weapons that they have added to that team. If they keep that same offensive mojo and they keep, you know, they were already scoring close to, I believe, 40 points a game last year. And if, if that's what they can keep up, I don't see why Todd Gurley isn't a huge factor in that offense. He's going to be the one in all of the big goal-to-go situations. And already we've seen his big playability throughout his entire career. So I think that'll really pay off, especially with a revamped team in L.A. And I think people who are really excited to try and make a run. Yeah, you know, to me, I think that Todd Gurley will be the same as he was last year, which will be, to answer the question, yeah, he'll buck the career trying to put up good back-to-back years. Because like you said, he's going to be in every big situation. He was their workhorse last year. They don't really have a lot of guys at the running back position behind him in uh, Malcolm Brown and the rookie John Kelly from Tennessee to where I don't think they're going to take goal line carries away from Todd Gurley. And on the outside, you know, the wide receiver, looking at it with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who returned, mixing in some Brandon Cooks action with Tyler Higby at tight end. They have a great offense against. So there's going to be that balance that you look for with Jared Goff coming off his career year they're probably going to want to make sure that he doesn't regress. And in big situations, you've got that running back sitting there that can take it to the house whenever I say you give the ball to Todd Gurley. So I do think that he will finish a top five running back in fantasy this year. His touchdowns will probably regress a little bit just because I don't know if you can top putting up 13 rushing touchdowns after doing it for a year. So, but still, even if he goes down by three, 10 rushing touchdowns is still a pretty good total for a running back. Of course, and that'll still came amongst the best in the league, even though it is 
um, filled with really good running backs. But on to our next point. Uh, there are a couple rookie quarterbacks who are going to seem to make a factor in this year's season. And they all went, you know, we talked about all those uh, t- top four or five guys who went in the draft. But, you know, just to name a few, you know, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, Josh Allen in Buffalo, Sam Darnold in New York uh, with the Jets, you know, Josh Rosen down in Arizona. So there's there's definitely a lot of intrigue on what these guys are going to be able to do for their teams. And, you know, some of them are uh, buried behind more veteran quarterbacks, such as Rosen with Sam Bradford. Uh, but others like Josh Allen just might have to step right into a starting role because A.J. McCarron just broke his collarbone. So, you know, Sean, which rookie quarterback do you think is going to make the biggest fantasy impact this season? Who's going to get the playing time enough to, you know, even be worthy of adding onto a team? Well, you know, just to put this out there for everybody, I wrote down my response for this before A.J. McCarron got hurt. So this was pre that, but I went with Josh Allen. Um to fill the role this year because I thought he was going to beat AJ McCarron out in camp, and it look, looks like he would have would not have won the starting job if McCarron didn't get hurt. But he's going like you said, he's going to be pushed into it now. And then the only and then like you said, this is for fantasy. I don't see this being a who has the best career. This is a who's going to have the best season in fantasy this year. And I'm going with Josh Allen just because, as of right now, he looks to have the most stable situation as far as playing time of any of the rookies in the NFL right now at quarterback. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, he's had uh, probably the best chance presented to him in order to make a difference, but somebody else who has been impressing in camp and I don't think is too far off of a starting job with the team that is out in New York is Sam Darnold. Uh, a lot of people did say, oh, he might ha- – he might he should have went over one overall, um, you know, or anything that really makes the biggest difference is that he's behind a journeyman and Josh McCowan who's old, and if an injury happens, Sam Darnold is going to have to step up immediately. And, you know, like I said, he's impressed a lot of people, and he isn't quite what the Jets want right now, I think. But I know McCown isn't going to last that long. And they're looking for Sam Darnold to step in. And if the Jets go 0-3 or 0-4, or even if they lose some of their first couple games and really start a season bad, I wouldn't, you know, put it past them to have them put Darnold on the field fairly early in the season, which would give him a chance to not only, you know, get that playing time, but also make a little bit of a fantasy impact. Uh, you know, Baker May Mayfield may end up starting over uh, Torod Taylor, but he, you know, he, how much is he going to be able to do with that Cleveland offense? So we'll have to see. Oh, uh, I think he could do a lot with that Cleveland offense. If we're looking at Cleveland's offense, I don't know about you and me, but I clearly we must be looking at different offenses. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I was just saying what he can do with that Cleveland offense. Yeah, but just to back up on your point real quick, Sam Darnold, I think – I don't – yeah, like you said, I don't think he'll win the job out of camp, but I think he'll finish the year as a starter. Because um, just looking at the numbers, Josh McCown was a career backup. He is 38 years old, and Sam Darnold is 21. 
Um, if I'm the Jets and the season starts going south, which I think most people agree, they're not going to have a great season. Do you want to have your 38-year-old quarterback or do you want to get the 21-year-old some game experience and games that matter? And so I think that that's why Sam Darnold will finish the year at the quarterback position for the Jets. Now, our next question moves us to the running back position. And this is just about one guy, and it's somebody who everybody has to be talking about going into their fantasy seasons. He has already ranked extremely high on all the rankings for fantasy points, even though he's never played an NFL down, and that guy is Saquon Berkeley. Now, the last guy that came out and really blew everybody's mind in his rookie year uh, was Ezekiel Elliott. And there's been a few comparisons, but uh, with his pass-catching ability and his running ability – uh, what do you think, uh, Sean? Do you think Saquon Barkey will be be able to have a uh, Ezekiel Elliott like impact as a rookie? No, um, I don't. <clears throat> I don't see Saquon Barkley in his first season putting up sixteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. I don't think that that's going to be anywhere near what he finishes the year with. Because just look at the different situations. Ezekiel Elliott came in with the Cowboys into a situation where he had possibly one of the best offensive lines ever established in, in Dallas Cowboy history. And he had a bunch of those guys, just road graders up front. Look at the New York Giants. They were having problems keeping Eli Manning upright all year. And that's just to me the big, the main, big main difference that Saquon Barkley won't have the same opportunities for holes and for having big plays that, Ezekiel Elliott did because he's not going to have the offensive line to support him. Now, I, I understand that, you know, it's not the ideal situation in New York for Saquon to have an extremely blowout year, but I definitely think that Saquon Barkley will have the type of rookie impact that Ezekiel Elliott did. You know, I was more impressed with Saquon Barkley's college career, uh, with his play, uh, with his combine, with his workouts, um, all in comparison to Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he looks like he's ready to play some NFL football. And I think the Giants now have a way to offset their passing game with Eli and OBJ. And they'll be able to give Saquon Barkley a lot of chances, not only to run the ball, but even to catch the ball out of the backfield in that offense that they run. And those will be big opportunities. There'll be screens. There's going to be lots of open space. And we know what Saquon Barkley can do in open space. Now, you know, I think he'll actually end up being a top 10 fantasy running back at the end of the season. That's what he's projected as at the beginning of the season, if I'm not mistaken, but especially in PPR leagues, I think Saquon Barkley is going to catch enough passes and have at least, you know, 10 touchdowns on the year in order to put him in that top 10 category. His ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and create for himself is going to shock the NFL, and I think that's a really different type of game that nobody is used to. Oh yeah, just but let me ask you this question: Do you, would you use a first round pick on Saquon Barkley? I think if everybody in your entire draft goes running back heavy and you don't have a chance to pick up an Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, yes. If you're sitting in that 9 or 10 spot, I think you can safely grab Saquon Barkley 
and expect ex- a, a reasonable amount of production out of him. All right, because you know, just looking at ESPN's rankings right now, they have Saquon Barkley as the sixth-rated running back in fantasy for the season. Um, one other publication that I use for fantasy is Athlon, and Athlon has him as the fifth-rated running back. Just to give you a quick glance, they have Saquon Barkley in front of Leonard Fournette, Delvin Cook, and Melvin Gordon, and Kareem Hunt. And all in both publications. Do you think and that that is fair? I do, especially for a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's going to be the. There's no Chris Ivory this year. Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy, undisputed guy in Jacksonville. You would take Saquon Barkley over Leonard Fournette. I think so. I even though it's that big unknown, you know, this guy yes, is yeah. a horse, and I, yeah, oh, I wouldn't use a first round pick on Saquon Barkley. Honestly, I. Would take. I would, he's a safe second round pick, third round pick because if the Wolfpack, what I went to, I don't know how much help he's going to have around him. He's going to have a quarterback who's focused on one wide receiver and an offensive line that can't block. So I think he's going to. I think like, I agree with you. He's going to be a top ten guy at the end of the year, but that's just going to be based off the volume that he's going to get from the Giants' offense. Well, and that's that's going to be a different type of thing. And just like Ezekiel, I got a lot of volume in his rookie year. Now, we're going to move our way over to the quarterback position. Now, one guy who has raised a lot of eyebrows over the last couple of years is the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy G is kind of sitting on the fringe, but he had won uh, most of all of his games right there when he started at the end of the season last year, all of them, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it looks like he's really turned the San Francisco 49ers into a threat on offense. But in fantasy, do you think he warrants a top 10 quarterback pick? No, I don't think so. I think there are enough guys in front of him that have proven to be solid, consistent players year to year where they know what you're going to get. And if you want to play safe, if you want to take a risk, somebody in some league is going to take him as the first quarterback off the board. You know that's just going to happen. But, no, I would not take him. I just don't think that San Francisco's got enough around him to really support him through a whole season. That would, that's what scares me off the most. At running back, at wide receiver, at tight end, you know, they've already had injuries in this preseason. And if they can't get healthy around him, it doesn't matter what your quarterback can do. We've seen that in different situations before. You can have the best quarterback, but if you've got no one to make plays, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo warrants a top 10 pick. And that's because I don't see him being as consistent or really consistent point-wise in fantasy uh, for the entirety of the season. And that's really what a top 10 QB pick is. And, you know, I think he'll be a great second option, somebody you can pick him off the waiver wire at some point or maybe slide in on the back end of a trade after he has a good couple weeks. Um, maybe even a top fifteen pack if you're or top fifteen pick, excuse me, um, in two pu- two quarterback leagues, which I hate. But um, I, I think if you were to do a double up, uh, Jimmy G and another top tier quarterback would not be um, a bad decision. But that's still kind of cutting it close. I think he'll have a few really big weeks where he throws for four touchdowns, no interceptions, you know, 300, 400 yards. 
uh, maybe even a rushing touchdown, but I don't think that's something that's going to be put up consistently. So he'll have his 25 weeks, and then he'll have his weeks where he gets 12 points. And that's not something that really warrants a top 10 pick, if you ask me. Now, our uh, next question is about our wide receiver position. And we're going to stick to the top three wide receivers that are projected for the season and have really done well over the last couple, and that's Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, and DeAndre Hopkins. And which uh, wide receiver do you think is going to uh, have more touchdowns this year? And I'll start off here. I think it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins. And just like I talked about Deshaun Watson coming back and having a strong sophomore season, I think that DeAndre Hopkins has a chance to have a career year. And if DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson are able to get that chemistry going, he is already one of the top talent wide receivers, but he'll become one of the top volume wide receivers as long as they can keep that stuff up. So I think Hopkins, especially with how tall he is and his ability to catch in the red zone, he will be the one with the most touchdowns. What about you, Sean? Well, I'm going to go with the guy who is going to be my keeper in our fantasy league that we're together in, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, obviously, the guy was a monster last year. You can't really say that he was. He was the top wide receiver last year. I mean, Antonio Brown probably had him on some numbers, but you look at just the sheer number of top 10 ESPN catches that were made by wide receivers. How many did DeAndre Hopkins have compared to the rest of the league? I mean, the guy had was making one-handed catches all over the place, and he's been doing it in training camp this year. And I think he's, I think he's primed to really separate himself this year as the best wide receiver in football. And it's going to be hard, but as long as he has the quarterback to throw him the football, it's going to be able to show out, I think. Well, I think it doesn't really matter to him. He played the second half of last year with no real star quarterback, and he still finished the year with 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns. That was half this year without Deshaun Watson. So he's in a league where he's in a league of his own when it comes to just throwing the ball up to him in the end zone, and he's more times than not going to come down with it. All right, so our next question is going to stick at the wide receiver position, but we're only going to talk about one guy here. And it's interesting because this guy had made a move from his spot in Miami all the way up to Cleveland in that new offense with Baker Mayfield. And do you think Jarvis Landry will still be the same type of reception machine that he was in Miami when he's up there with either Terod Taylor or Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? I think he will because when you look at the offense outside of the look at just the wide receiver position at Cleveland, you know, there's Josh Gordon on one side and they have some other couple guys, you know, they traded away Corey Coleman, but they don't have any other guy to step in and be a main wide receiver. And I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a guy that is relied on pretty much like he was in Miami. You know, they don't really have, a superstar quarterback like they did in Miami. Just a lot of his situation has paralleled from Miami to Cleveland, but I think that he's going to be leaned upon heavily by whoever is the starting quarterback in Cleveland to make the catches. You know, he's finished the year with over 100 receptions more times than not in his pro career, and I think that this will be another year where that happens to him. Well, that's the thing is – I think you have to give him credit that he is that type of receiver. He's a short short yardage, or I mean, he can he can burn you, but a short yardage possession receiver 
in which he can put, rack up well over 100 receptions in a year. And that's why Cleveland brought him on. I don't think it was a mistake. Obviously, like you said, he kind of fits into that offense on where they need him. They have big ball catchers in Cleveland, but even though they don't really throw that deep, but I think this year with a new offense, a new team, and hopefully some new expectations after coming off of uh, obviously absolutely abysmal season last year, they'll be able to give Jarvis Landry more than enough attention on the inside and on the short routes in order to get him back up to those career numbers. Well, just for one last thing on Jarvis Landry, just a numbers thing for people. Over the past three years, 2015, 2016, and 2017, the amount of times he's been targeted compared to the amount of catches he has, um, target success. Every year for the past three years, it's been above 65%. So 65% or more, 65 or more percent of the time he is targeted, he comes away with a reception. So I think that's a big thing for fantasy is if he gets thrown the ball, more times than not, he's getting a reception. And, you know, in PPR leagues, that's a half point on top of how many yards he gets. So I think that he's just a solid guy that's going to get – whenever the ball is thrown to him, he'll come down with a reception and some points. Now, do you think he'll be a top 15 or maybe top 20 wide receiver at the end of the year? No, without a doubt. I think he'll be a top 10 wide receiver. I think Cleveland's not really sure about their offensive line. You know, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb tandem is going to have to take some time to figure it out with that offensive line too. And I think once those quarterbacks are going to get flushed a little bit out of the pocket, Jarvis Landry is a great wide receiver at making himself open. And I think he's going to present himself to those quarterbacks. And I think he's going to come away with a lot of catches this year. In fact, I'll go on the record right now of saying, I think he will either tie or go past his reception number from of a hundred. We'll put a hundred on it. He'll, t- he'll get two or over a hundred receptions again this year. All right. So we only have a couple questions left here. Uh, the next one will move us back to that running back position. But this time we're talking about a little bit more seasoned guys. And uh, Kareem Hunt is a name that rings a lot of bells when we're talking about fantasy football. And, uh, you know, it kind of disappointed last year. He had such a strong start to the season, especially in that first game of the year. And the first few actually really impressed fantasy owners and a lot of people made trades, sold the house for him, and he didn't have such a hot second half. But it was kind of a rocky road, and now that there's a new man at the helm with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, uh, they're going to be doing a little things a little bit differently. But Kareem Hunt is still in the fold. Which ha- or which Kareem Hunt do you think we see, Sean? Do you think we see that first half of the season that's able to put up 160 or 170 rushing yards? and a couple touchdowns, or do you think it's the guy at the end of the season who gets relegated to 13 touches after he fumbles the ball? I think it's the guy from the end of the year. I don't really think that he can come back and be the guy that he was at the beginning, and that's just, you know, he was a rookie. It was his first, what, three – his first three games as he had, I think, six of his eight touchdowns on the year. Um and that's just defense is not trying to figure out who a rookie is. And once they figured out who he was and how to play against him, they figured out real fast how to shut him down. I think that's what we're going to see more of this year. And they've had more time, whoever their Chiefs play against this year, to really sit down and watch those first three games where he exploded, figure out his strengths and weaknesses. But fantasy-wise, I think he will be another a top-ten running back again just because of stuff that's been said, you know, and 
in Kansas City. There's been a report that Andy Reid said that he's looking to increase Kareem's hunt role even more in the receiving game and get him more touches than he had last year, which he had a, 272 attempts last year. So getting even more than that and getting more involved in the receiving game, just playing the numbers. I mean, he's going to have to have a good amount of yards and everything and touchdowns if he's getting over 300 touches in theory. Well, yeah, and even if in theory, I don't think that he finishes the season as a top 10 running back. I think the second half shows up, and it's not that he completely, you know, falls back in his career, but I think that Patrick Mahomes is ready to shine with that passing game. And I think Andy Reid, even though you said might be getting him a little bit more involved, is not going to take over the Kansas City offense. And I think they started to pull away and do more passing, especially four scores in the last couple of years. I remember they were last in the NFL for a couple of years running under Andy Reid in passing touchdowns. Uh, they even had a whole year where they didn't even have a wide receiver catch a touchdown. But I think if they're away from that and Kareem Hunt isn't, like you said, that hard to figure out according to NFL defenses, and he's already made an impact and he'll stay on the field, but I think he falls back into one of those roles where they're going to have a running back committee kind of helping him out. Now, our final question of today's episode, our fantasy extravaganza, whatever you may call it, is – Really a simple one, or maybe the hardest one you could ask. But I'll toss this over to Sean first. Who do you think is going to be the top fantasy player for this football season? Well, I'm going to keep it easy and just go right back to the guy who was around the top last year in Todd Gurley. Um, he didn't really do it any – it wasn't overly flash or anything last year to his game. He just went out there and played, and I think he's going to do the same thing this year. You can't really argue with the results that they had and uh, for the Rams last year. So I think Todd Gurley finishes the year probably with not as many touchdowns, but with just as many yards, just as much everything else. I think he finishes around the top, um, at least the top. I think he'll be the top running back. I think he'll finish the year as the top player in fantasy. Now, I'm going to take the, a guy at the same position, but for different reasons in a different place. And I think Le'Veon Bell is going to come out on top this season. Uh, you know, the old Spartan dog. He is – well, I mean, he's I, – I feel he'll play. And I feel the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to run him into the ground. And he's going to run as hard as he can. And I don't think he'll uh, give up whatsoever because once he starts doing what he does, either Pittsburgh's going to have to pay him a lot more money than they would have before or somebody else is going to. So as long as Le'Veon Bell shows up this season, he will already make more of a hassle for Pittsburgh or any other team uh, with his play because he is going to probably score. I, I think he'll score more touchdowns this season than he did last. And even if, like you said, if he plays, I don't think that there's going to be anything that's going to keep him away from football uh, except – the fact of injury that I hope would never happen to Le'Veon. So um, Todd Gurley definitely had a stellar year last year, and I expect the same out of him. But I think that with the addition of Brandon Cooks out in L.A. and 
Jared Goff really coming into his own. They're not going to need to put as much pressure on Todd Gurley, but I think he'll still have one of those really, really good top five running back seasons. Now that is going to do it for our show today. As always, Sean and I would like to say thank you for listening. We will have part two of our fantasy football extravaganza or whatever we may call it again uh, next Sunday or Monday. We will talk about our top five of many different categories then. So please come back and listen. Hopefully we'll get you in before your draft. If you, if you do have any suggestions or any questions you would like to hear or top five lists, please let us know on any social media. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening and subscribing. My name is Jake Atnip. I'm Sean Dwyer. We will see you for part two next week.